Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of this show where Tom and I talk absolute rubbish about watches. And we're going to try our very hardest to do the same today. And we've got a great topic to do it with because Omega has just released a Speedmaster. Yep, that sounds pretty normal for $81,000. Tom, initial reactions to spending $81,000 on a Speedmaster? Um... I always thought, I'm not sure if this is true anymore, but I always thought the Omega Speedmaster was the last bastion of great brand recognition that you could get quite affordably. I thought that was your way in. Like you you could get, this this watch offers you so much for the price. The moon, it gives you the moon. (laughs) And it was still reasonably attainable. I'm not sure how true that is now. So I don't know what they're playing out with this. They're blowing all that out of the water. Well, at the risk of sounding like a cantankerous old man talking about how things were better in the old days, yeah, I feel like very recently the Speedmaster was a watch that you could go to a jeweller on the high street and spend £3,000 for and get a, an absolutely epic watch. I definitely think that's changed. Has it? Omega Speedmasters are getting too expensive, mobile phones are getting too big, cars are too fast. <laughs> I, I want it how it was in the old days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because the entry-level Speedmaster Moonwatch now is a £5,000-plus watch. If you want yeah. it with Sapphire, £6,000. Still a, a hell of a lot cheaper than a Daytona. Yeah, But yeah, certainly yeah. nowhere in the in the regions of the two pounds to £3,000 that you could originally buy a handbound one for. And uh, and no better way is there to, to demonstrate that change of brand perception, I suppose, than with this latest £81,000 Omega Speedmaster. Um... <laughs> This is uh, no ordinary Speedmaster, it has to be said. This is the 321 Canopus Gold. Uh, that wasn't me counting down. Uh, that's the the calibre, which we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah, I didn't recognise those last two digits. 321 Canopus Go, did you say? <laughs> well, whatever it is, Canopus has gone after the countdown uh, and is long gone into the distance. On your marks, Canopus gold (laughs) they have thrown everything at this watch Uh, and I think maybe what's best to do is to break it down piece by piece uh, and get your reaction on it Tom yeah so like you say it's not this isn't a usual Speedmaster this isn't going to I don't think this is supposed to sort of slide in next to all the other kind of variations of the model but so why is it why has it got this price tag 
Um, the, the first thing that strikes me is the uh, oldie worldie Omega logo badge at 12 um, that looks like the silhouette of a head of a lady from the 60s. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can imagine that in one of those clear plastic bubbles, can't you, getting blow dried? <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, so I mean, does that? How much is that putting on the price tag? Do people covet that old style logo? I mean, I guess maybe they do for the for the genuine article, but reissues does it? Is it mean anything much? Well, yeah, this, this is a reissue of the 1957 original, so you know what the Moonwatch looks like. The hands are different, the case is different, it, it generally has a different vibe, the bezel is different. This was how it was before the interaction with NASA dictated some improvements to make it better for use in space. Um, mm. So this is how it was when it very first came out in 1957, including very small details that some people go bananas for, like having the dot on the bezel over the number 90. Oh, um, what, what does that, what's that all about? Like... Where else does the dot go? Where else is the dot supposed to go, Andrew? Ne- ne- next to it? I, I I don't know. I don't know. It was a, a... But then... Oh, what about if you rotated the 90 just ever so slightly anti-clockwise and then it would sit nicely? But then people complain about that, wouldn't they? I, yeah, there would definitely be all-out war if you did that. Uh, this is one of those things that... Um, it's very much in the collector sphere of intricate details that 98% of the rest of the population will never ever notice. Yeah. But they like it. It's no harm, is it? It's just a bit of fun moving the dot back to where it was. But imagine being the guy who uh, did the redesign and thought, oh, do you know what? I think it, it looks a little bit better next to it rather than above it. It's a bit clearer if I put it next to it. And then, and then getting decades of hate <laughs> because you moved a dot by less yeah. than a millimetre. I don't know why people are bothered about the dot over the 90. It's the, the dot over the E in tachymeter that bugs me. <laughs> I think that's an accent. Yeah, it looks like a mistake. It does look like a, a little paint splat, doesn't it? Yeah, but what are you supposed to do? It it has it has all of that stuff. Uh, it has all of the 1957 loveliness, uh, like the applied logo that you mentioned in the old style. But n- none of that is new this reissues have been done before and for a lot less so that's not what makes this watch expensive no i mean it looks very it looks very nice it's very nicely blending a vintage aesthetic with a new out of the box quality isn't it it's like mint vintage absolutely mintage um that'll be $81,000 then sir <laughs> Now, of, of course, there's a lot more going on here that, that makes it worth uh, more than your typical 1957 original. One of those, something um, something I'm sure you're well aware of, is uh, Canopus Gold. Oh, yeah, you said that. What are we talking about there? What does that mean? You've not, he- you've not heard. You've not heard of Canopus Gold. Well, not since you said it before. <laughs> Canopus Gold... Uh, have you heard of Sedna Gold? I've heard of uh, Spando Ballet Gold. <laughs> what's no go on? What's Sedna Gold and Canopus Gold? Tell me about all the gold. So uh, you've you've got gold. They used to do gold, right? And gold was gold. Yeah. The Egyptians had gold, and gold was nice. Yeah. But anyone can have gold. If you've got gold and they've got gold, then it's level pegging. So you need different gold. You want your own gold. I've heard of Vitti's gold as well. Yeah. Oh, very delicious. 
With Omega, they have created a few different blends of gold. So white gold isn't pure gold. It has things like rhodium in it to make it not yellow anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, And rose gold, it has things like copper in it to make it not yellow anymore and more red. And you can have your own variation of uh, metals, minerals in your version of gold to make it slightly different. So you'll notice that a rose gold from Rolex, uh, what do they call it, ever rose gold, looks different to a rose gold from Omega, which is Sedna gold. Right. They have different hues. And they each have their own little seven secret herbs and spices to make up their own thing. With this case, white gold, Omega has decided to go and do their own seven secret herbs and spices for white gold as well. Ah. Uh. And you might think, well, what's the point? It all just looks like steel. But... <laughs> Actually, um, white gold, silver, platinum, palladium, rhodium, all of these uh, typically white precious metals have a higher reflectivity index than steel. So they appear to glow brighter. So what Omega has done here is they've gone, oh, do you know what? White gold, that's pretty bright. That reflects a lot back, looks nice and bright. So does platinum. Rhodium's quite nice too, yeah. Uh, And palladium too. Which one should we use? All of them. So they have, they have blended them all into one metal, which they're calling Canopus Gold. Okay, cool. So you might be wondering why it's called Canopus Gold. Is Canopus Latin for mix? <laughs> so you're thinking, about, you're thinking about bright metals. You're thinking of a, a watch very, very deeply linked with space. And you think about stars. Right. So you think, okay, right, this is about bright stars. So of course... Uh, Omega decided to name this gold after the second brightest star in the night sky. Uh, Not sure why they didn't pick the first. I haven't really figured that one out, but they've picked the second. Maybe it's to leave room for the next gold they can sell next year um, for $91,000. I don't know. I think MVMT have got the first brightest star for one of their watches. (laughs) Yeah, already taken. Just pipped them to that that one. Oh, damn it. North Star's taken. Yeah. Uh, What is the brightest star, actually? Oh, serious. Ah, right. Yeah, so that's that's why they've chosen to call it Canopus Gold. Canopus, Canopus, Platypus. Can openers. <laughs> so, I mean, that doesn't still really answer the question. You can buy a gold Speedmaster for less than $81,000. Uh, I mean, are you sold yet on, on this whole Canopus Gold business? No, not really. It looks to me like a Speedmaster. I mean... Uh, so what I'm getting from you so far is that no, you won't buy it because the dot over 90 annoys you. Yeah, also I don't have £70,000. But the, yeah, the dot thing first. Okay, well maybe maybe perhaps I can uh, interest you some more in what this watch has to offer because it does have some more on offer. That dot over 90, and in fact all the other numerals and markers on that bezel, they would typically be uh, paint inlaid into the engraving perhaps and then brushed to get that nice crisp finish and you would be forgiven for thinking the same was true here but that is not true because they have gone to the effort of doing a grand fouet enamel how does that make you feel yeah that's cool yeah that's all right um yeah those old style engravings can get a little bit flaky can't they and you can um lose definition so yeah grand fouet sounds great what what does what does that mean (laughs) so uh, enamelling is a process where you take uh, a paste made up of ground glass right 
uh, you, you, you take that paste and you apply it into all the areas that you want it to be in and then you fire it in an oven a grand foyer something like grand fire right uh, you fire it in an oven and it becomes hardened and then in this case they they brush back the bezel to reveal the numbers behind so you supposedly get a much deeper richer black that has almost a slight translucency to it that feels a bit more premium than 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 ink yeah sure that sounds quite time consuming and quite costly i mean do they do do one at a time and they have to leave it overnight or (laughs) uh i I don't know i don't know how many they're planning on making of this but they probably could do a few in a go i would have thought depends how big their oven is come back in the morning and whip the blanket off and it's cracked and they they get voted out (laughs) i don't know how they do things over at omega but it seems to be the way things are going uh if, if i recall when they were making them uh one watchmaker put theirs in the oven and there wasn't enough room left for the other watchmaker so the other watchmaker took the first watchmakers out and there was a whole controversy yeah and the bbc refused to talk about it yeah grand foyer gate <laughs> exactly uh so yeah a very very time consuming as you say but incredibly small difference that even the dot over 90 crowd might not notice if you didn't tell them yeah so we've got all the shiniest metals you can think of in a pot yep. to make the case um, bracelet yeah we've got some vintage stylings mm-hmm. and we've got some fancy enamel tachyometer numerals um so that how much has that costing us so far are we up to 70,000 yet I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure uh, so since we are unsure let's go to the next step usually these dials are made of brass and then uh, painted and printed yeah the dial here is done in a much more time consuming way so in this case the dial has been made from the stone onyx um and it's been made in three sections because you know the, the Speedmaster dial has different raised sections, and that's very, very difficult to do with discs of onyx. So they've created a ring for the very outer layer, yeah, uh, an engraved layer with the subdials for the middle layer, right, and then a raised section, yeah, for the the overall middle. Yeah, there seems to be quite a decent amount of depth for the subdials as well, which is quite nice. Yeah, and, and you get a really nice shine that wouldn't otherwise be apparent. And I think it's probably something that you have to see in the reels to, to fully appreciate. <laughs> yeah. um, and, I'm, and I'm sure when they make them, they break loads of them because it looks very delicate. Yeah, I used to have an onyx ring, which which broke. An onyx ring? Was it £71,000? No, it didn't cost that much, so it wasn't a great loss. I just found it at the bus stop. <laughs> Fair enough. I've been dabbling in luxuries longer than you know, Andrew. <laughs> Bus stop luxury. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if you're sold yet, but uh, there is one last saving grace for this for this particular watch. Well, uh, well, that's me. Good. Yeah. I'm, I, anything else is a bonus. If you were to say seventy thousand pounds for that alone, I'd, I'd be happy with that. So, yeah, anything else you can tell me about this watch is going to be cashback. Okay, well, uh, positive thinking. I can I can give you some more. Uh, it also has the caliber three two one, um, and a bit like this watch is chucking everything at it. The caliber three two one is another uh, another example of Omega not putting all its eggs in one basket. So uh, I don't know if you know, but the original. Speedmaster had the Caliber 321, which was a joint endeavor between Omega and Lemania to create a uh, an accurate, reliable, and rugged hand-wound chronograph movement. Right. 
Uh, and so over time, when the Speedmaster was revisited, uh, the the movement was updated. The column wheel, which is like a, a, a quite an expensive part to make, was taken away and replaced with a cam system. And it was generally budgetified into the caliber 861 and then following on from that, the 1861. Yeah. Now, Omega's gone down two routes to try and appease the vintage aficionados of that 321 and people who don't want to spend as much as redeveloping a vintage movement from the ground up again costs. Okay. So the the standard Speedmaster gets the gets the caliber 3861, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. But this watch and a couple of others, it's very, very exclusive, this movement, gets the remade caliber 321. Sure. As it was back in the 1950s. Yeah. Back in all its glory. Yeah, exactly. And so you can imagine, one, this movement cost a lot to develop for such small sales. Yeah. And two, uh, it's really, really ticking some boxes for people who hanker for that original movement. Uh, and so Omega are being very, very, very limited on on which watches they put it in. They're not just throwing it around everywhere. So if you've got to have that movement and you want it to look like the 1957 original... This is your watch. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? My initial warm take of seeing the uh, that movement, it's it's gorgeous. Um, yeah, it really is. One problem, I <laughs> don't know if you noticed it. <laughs> yeah. Is the uh, the horrible engraving of the uh, hippogriff or Krampus or whatever it's called <laughs> over the top. Hippogrampus. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Why do they do that? Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. It's so frustrating, isn't it? Omega and Grand Seiko f- seem like they're the biggest offenders for this. Like, why would you do that? Oh, and recently Patek Philippe as well with the uh, Tiffany edition, 5711 Nautilus. Yeah, oh yeah, that was a <sighs> bad one. If I had $81,000 to purchase this watch, I would find a few extra thousand dollars to replace the case back. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand it. Why would anyone think that this exclusive, exquisite movement needed hiding? Yeah. It's so strange. Oh, you, uh, one, one other thing I've just noticed as well is the, the Omega logo seems to be slightly misaligned with the um, chronograph um, wheel. Oh, that's so annoying. That doesn't look right, does it? Oh, that's so annoying. That is definitely a once you see it, you can't unsee it scenario, isn't it? Um, well, let's try our best to see past uh, the graffiti adorning the uh, sapphire case window. And um, let's try and actually kind of focus on the movement because it, it looks quite striking. We're, we're talking big bucks here. So what 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 have we got? Uh, the, yeah, the Calibre 321 is plated in the uh, Sedna rose gold which gives you that lovely contrast. Yeah, it's very fetching. Um, nice pop of contrast there. Um, one redeeming thing about the uh, the Hippocrampus, though, is uh, I quite like the um, blue jewel there that it's got for an eye. Oh, yeah. Is that um, is that actually in the movement? Is that is that like a bearing or something? Or is that above? Is that embedded in the, the crystal? I can't tell. If it's sticking out on the crystal, isn't having that against your wrists going to be a bit like having a stone in your shoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be horrible. But you'd probably get used to it. Sorry, I've got a £70,000 stone in my shoe. Better live with it. 
uh it's okay like everything about that watch i really like to be honest um and then they've gone horribly wrong with the piece of glass on the back how do you go so three things they've done weird with that sapphire crystal on the back yeah it's a great shame they just lost themselves a customer it's like it's like they sat around and they said do you think it's too perfect it's too good let's ruin it I definitely just got an image in my head of all the watchmakers collapsing into sofas in the uh, the common room and then it's sort of sat on the table in the middle and one of them's just got up and been like, I've just got to do this, lads. I'm sorry, I've got to do it. And they're like, no, leave it, it's perfect. No, 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 I've just got to do that. And he starts engraving the thing on the back. <laughs> Is this watch a victim of noodling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just leave it, it's fine. It, no, I think it needs a hippocampus on the back. Yeah. I'm going to do one, I'm going to do one. This is the Omega Speedmaster George Lucas edition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. $81,000 worth, uh, yes or no. Uh, I will leave that to you, dear viewer and listener, to decide. Uh, it's certainly a lot of money for a watch and a lot of money for a Speedmaster, but it is a very special one uh, and has some unique traits that you won't find anywhere else and uh, I think would make a rather fetching with the small modification of the case back rim being replaced by one that you can actually see through, being a very nice addition to a collection. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of Speedmasters that make great additions to collections, there are so many different variants of Speedmaster, and I know I have my favourite. Tom, do you have yours? Yeah, I've got a favourite Speedmaster. Is it silly? <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Yeah, it's the uh, Omega Speedmaster Ultraman. Do you remember this? Oh. I, I do remember it, and it is a fantastic watch. I really do like it. I think it's great. It made me want to get into Ultraman so that I felt validated in buying that watch. Okay. Obviously, I did neither. Um, but it still doesn't deny the fact that it's a really cool watch. I love the orange accents on the dial for the markers and that orange chronograph hand. That black and orange NATO strap is amazing. The best thing of all though, it comes with a free torch. <laughs> Why did I know that that was going to be your favorite thing? I've always um, got to have some sort of stupid kicker, isn't it? It's not me though, is it? It's like, it, I, I just look at watches and then I go, oh, that's weird. There's always this one more thing that's weird with any watch. <laughs> Omega had a focus group and they sat around and they went, you know what, these nerds are getting a lot of money now. We need to do something for the nerds. <laughs> yeah, sure. So it'll be the Transformers edition next. But do you know what? Yeah, the, the aesthetics of that watch are absolutely fantastic. That orange, the cream loom, the NATO strap with a stripe. It is one of the nicest looking Speedmasters Omega has ever made. Yeah, it's a shame there is that kind of moulded Ultraman head in one of the subdials. Um, oh, but you only see it when you shine the ultraviolet light on it. I mean, you, I think you can just see the uh, the sheen of the print. Yeah, that's true. I, I think Omega have actually done quite a good job. Like, it's quite shrewd how they've managed to play down the Ultraman. So you could yeah. you could you could just enjoy this watch um, as it is, as a, as a, a pretty funky looking um, Speedmaster, and, and not have to acknowledge Ultraman in any way. But if you do like Ultraman, you know he's there. Because it wasn't just an arbitrary decision to make an Ultraman version of the Speedmaster. It was the Speedmaster that was worn in Ultraman yeah. with that coloration, which was just a very rare iteration. I think it might have been a, a, a Japanese-only edition, if I recall. Right. And they have added a few subtle nods 
um, because the sub-second running hand, if you notice, is slightly different as well. Yeah, is that like his sword or something, or is? Or he has a like a, a communicator or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something he waves to land aircraft in his day job or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's his vape pen. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, that is a good choice. It was a silly choice, and you chose it for all the wrong reasons. But I can't acknowledge that it was a bad choice. It, yeah, I did I did sort of half choose it to just annoy you, but <laughs> genuinely it's I am sort of drawn to things that are a little bit more marginal. Um the moon's great. Yep. But Ultraman's better. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, very bad point well made. Um <laughs> Do you know what that that would probably definitely come in my top 5 speedmasters. But for me, it's not the number one. No. Forget your free torch. How about a free red lunchbox to keep your digestive biscuits safe? The Omega Speedmaster Moonwatch Alaska Project. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The red biscuit tin. Did you ever see that one? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, I love it. The red, um, like, heat-proof or cold-proof armour for the Speedmaster. Do you know, yeah, do you know the, do you know the story behind it? Um, I'm just trying to think of it. It's the one, it's got like canonical flask second hands and things like that, right? Yeah. That's the actual watch. Yeah. So stage two, when when the moon landings were in full swing and they were going to start to venture out more into the hotter parts of the moon um, and they wanted a watch that could really withstand that, they were going to redesign how the moon watch worked. How hot does the moon get? Oh, loads. Yeah? Yeah, it's like... What, like... Like 40 degrees centigrade, the sort of temperature of like a Domino's kitchen on an August afternoon. Yeah, it's like a McDonald's apple pie when you bite into it. <laughs> right. Um, it can get from uh, as high as 127 degrees Celsius, right, which is blah, 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 Fahrenheit for everyone who doesn't do Celsius. And uh, when the sun goes, it goes down to minus 173 degrees Celsius which is miss, 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 Fahrenheit for all of you people who don't do Celsius. Wow. That's, yeah, that's very hot. Yep. Yeah, like, oh God, can you imagine? You'd jump her off, jump her on, jump her off, be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> so Omega decided that they would do a watch that could cater for that. Uh, and it came with this big old case that acted as an insulator, a big red anodized case. Mm -hmm. uh, had a white dial, a white strap, all to try and reflect as much heat as possible to keep it cool. And the actual prototype watch looks quite different to a normal moon watch, but the re-edition that they did has a little bit of a nod to the program as well with the capsule-shaped hands. Yeah. Uh, it's got that red second hand. The markers are, all, are white as well. And there's just something about it that's just so crisp and bright and very NASA-esque. And it also comes with a really cool NASA strap. <laughs> yeah, same, same thing as the Ultraman, I think. It's like, there's just enough there for it yeah. to just look cool as it is. But then all, all the nods is kind of subtle enough. There's meaning behind it as well, which is which is fun. Yeah, they're they're both proper pub watches. Never mind just having the the Speedmaster. It's like, oh, what's different about your Speedmaster? Oh, well, I'll tell you, and then you lose all your friends. Yeah, but how many unique variations of Speedmaster are there that you could have one on each of a new friend? How many friends would you have then? Hundreds of thousands, I would have thought. Yeah, I think there are as many uh, variations of Speedmaster as there are limited edition 007 Seamasters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is which is also a lot. 
So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think these ones, the two that we're talking about, aren't huge in number and are probably now too expensive for us to purchase anyway. Yeah. They're in Prince's vault somewhere. Never to be seen. <laughs> uh, so, uh, dear viewer and dear listener, why don't you tell us, uh, as well as what you think of the £81,000 321 canapé, whatever it was, uh, also let us know what your favourite Speedmaster is and why. Um tell us if you think we're right or if we're wrong uh, and with that very speedmaster heavy conversation uh, we're going to wrap up i'm going to go and look at the second brightest star in the sky canopus what are you going to do tom i'm going to look at the second brightest television in my house <laughs> and you're going to watch ultraman on it yeah all right thanks everyone uh, please do make sure you subscribe and see you next time Bye bye What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.